0: God. God, we just thank you for the spirit that is here right now, God. And God, we know that it's not just some spirit, but it's your spirit. It's your Holy Spirit that residing in this place right now, God. It's your spirit that is filling this temple, God. So, God, we welcome your presence. We welcome, oh, God, your glory in this house right now, God. God, we just want to bask in your glory right now, God. Oh God, we thank you right now for your presence being manifested in this house. Yes, yes. Right now, God, we thank you, Lord God. And God, we thank you for your word on today, oh God. God, we pray that it will be a blessing, that it will encourage all of our hearts on today, oh God. And God, we ask you right now that I decrease, that you may increase. And I pray right now, oh God, that something will be said that, that will just steer all of us. In our spirit, man, oh God, to want more of you, to want to go after you like never before, God. Oh, Tommy Tenney says it's good, that he wanted to be a God chaser. And God, that's what we want to be. We want to chase after you, oh God. God, we want to go after you with all of our hearts and with all of our soul on today, oh God. We want you today, God. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Before you take your seats, could we just turn to Acts chapter 2? Acts chapter (laughs) 2. Acts chapter 2. And uh, Acts chapter 2, we're going to turn to. And uh, I tell you, God is good. Um, When this dropped in my spirit, it was a few weeks ago. I didn't even know I had to speak. I thought I was just going to have to do one Sunday. So I was all prepared for the one Sunday. So I was just going to study this and just to have it for whenever. But after I read this scripture and I explain something to you, you'll understand how God operates. God is a God don't make mistakes. Amen. Amen. And uh, Acts chapter two, we're going to read verses one through six. And it simply says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it set upon each of them and they were filled with the holy ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance and there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews devout men out of every nation under heaven yes. now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. Yes. Amen yes. you may be seated uh, yes. God is good. when I walked in today and pastor was praying in the back, I didn't get a chance to see who she was praying for until a little later and then a little later she' be sort of slain on in the spirit. And as I was standing at the copier, I couldn't get the copier to work because my mind was like, God, you're so good. You're so good because the Holy Spirit is awesome. Amen. And we need the Holy Spirit. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about Pentecost Sunday. And um, I don't know if you guys know, but this is actually a day that God has set aside for a celebration of the birth of the church. I'm not sure if you realize that, but the word Pentecost means 50 days after his resurrection and we are exactly at 50 days. And what the Jews used to do, the Jews would go and they still do today, they go and they celebrate the giving of the law. But we as Christians, we come and we celebrate the birth of the church, amen? The birth of the Holy Spirit that gave them the power to birth the church, amen? that's what we're celebrating today. It's 50, amen. It's 50 days from resurrection, and 50 means Pentecost, amen. All right, let me just give you some history. So, so, so we just want to go shouting real quick because I just feel God is going to just turn this place upside down. He's going to wreck this house today. He already started wrecking the house, but we're going to get some foundation so to know why you're shouting, to know why you want to just stand up and give God all the praise. You, we just want you to have that foundation to know when you speak in that unknown tongue that you're, making a, you're, you're talking in a mystery. but you, you, The world don't understand you, but God understands you. The world don't understand what you're saying in that unknown tongue, but the Bible tells us that Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father making intercession on our behalf. So when you're speaking in an unknown tongue and you, you don't know what you're praying for, but I've learned that I've been praying for my children. I've been praying for health. I've been praying for my children to be well, make it through school, that they they have good mates and all these different things, that the church will, will will blow up like never before. When you begin to pray in that unknown tongue, you have no idea what you're praying for, but the Father who sits next to to God knows exactly what you're talking about. Amen. So, so it may be seem uh, gibberish to you as far as the Holy Spirit and speaking in an unknown tongue, but to, to those who have been fire baptized in that Holy Spirit, we know we're not talking junk. Amen? Amen. We're we making melody unto the Lord. Amen? Amen. We're saying something and it means something. So so the world may say uh, uh, those are some crazy people over there. I, I think I said last week, and I think it was a setup last week because I, I mentioned how um, when I got fire baptized with the Holy Spirit at the um, pastor's house uh, many, many years ago Her pastor, and um, at the time she was minister, elder, minister. Patricia Holloman, they prayed for me, and I got filled with the Holy Ghost. I may not have been, like, like all over the place, but I just felt the fire come in, yes. and I uttered that, that, that word out, and I was working second shift at that time, and i never forget it. On the way to work, I just kept on talking. I just kept on speaking this language. I kept saying, Lord, I, I just honor you. I praise you. I feel your presence, and I'm just going to just say something. Amen? And whatever comes out, I didn't try to. It, you try to question what's coming out. Uh, Pastor told me, oh, uh, man. When, when we was going, when I was going through a path, it, Pastor said, don't be concerned about what's going to come out your mouth. Yes. Just just say it and let the Holy Spirit guide your tongue. Amen. Don't don't try to figure this thing out, because if you try to figure it out, it won't unction. It won't come out the way that it wants to come out. But if you just let the Holy Spirit, if you just relax in the Holy Spirit and all of a sudden your tongue. You don't know what's going on. You just You just saying stuff and it's making melody. All of a sudden, you you can turn your nightmare situation into an awesome situation because you begin to pray in that unknown tongue. You were sad once be when you started praying, but once you start praying in that unknown tongue, all of a sudden, the joy rises up in you. All of a sudden, you the heaviness is gone because the spirit of God that resides within you has rose to the top. Amen? So it's an awesome thing, the Holy Spirit. It's just not a, a, a something that we can just walk over lightly. But it's something that we need to, to recognize and that we need to understand that He's the third part of the Trinity and He has a place in our lives. Amen. It's just not—it's uh, not a ghost. Amen. It's a person. It's part of the Trinity. It, it's not just any old body, but it's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was promised to His disciples. Amen. He told them. Man, oh, man, I'm getting ahead of myself. But, but I got to do it this way. But the, the disciples, when they went out one time, he he gave them the power. And when he when he prayed for them to go out, they were able to do miracles. And, and, and they, they came back so excited. And and, and 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 what God was telling them was that that this power that I've given you is for a moment. Yes. It wasn't just—it wasn't going to be for a lifetime, but he was trying to let them know that that when I leave here, the Comforter that I'm going to give you is going to give you the power that it just won't be for a moment, but it will be an everyday living. Amen. You'll be able to heal the sick. You'll be able to raise the dead. You'll be able to hear from me. You'll be able to hear from the Word that you study. It'll all come back to your remembrance when the Holy Ghost sits upon you. Amen. He told them, "Go wait in Jerusalem. Tarry for for 120 people." Every tribe, every nation was represented in that room. And, and they were devout men because uh, the Jews didn't really associate themselves with just anybody. So, but in that, in that upper room, God had to, to, to do something miraculously. Amen. He had to, wow, it just dropped in my spirit. In Genesis 10, the people were building a, a tower. To babble, amen. And what did he had to do? He had to confuse their language, amen, to make them stop building that 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 the structure up to heaven. But what does he do in the book of Acts, amen? This chapter two. Now all of a sudden, the the the, the tongue is not, not uh, represent. No, I'm sorry, the tongue is now being represented. But not only is it represented, but it's in unity. Yeah. Amen? Because you had every nation, every tongue. So he was like, what was confusion back then, I'm going to set an order right now that when when you speak, the person that's next to you don't have no idea what nationality you are. But when you speak this thing, they're going to understand what you're saying. Because it's every tribe, every nation, that's who we are called for. That's who God wants us to go meet. He just doesn't want us to meet just those in here. He wants us to go to Israel, Africa, Jerusalem, all over the world. It's for everybody. So he didn't want that language to be confused then so that's why he had to let them know and that, that, that 120 people that when the Holy Ghost came when they began to speak, it wasn't, it wasn't gibberish, it wasn't confusion, it wasn't oh this person is just talking this and talking that they all understood exactly what was saying in their own tongue. that's God. He he wanted it to he wanted it to be unity because he know that in unity, oh God, you can do a ton of things with unity. When you all are working together, we can do great exploits for the for the Lord. Amen. Great exploits. So, so the church is birth, but it's birthed in unity. Amen. It just wasn't birth. It, those it just wasn't the twelve. A lot, and and I, I've learned that that the twelve are the the key focal point of the church being birthed. But it was an, it was another it was about another hundred and something more people that was in that room. And in that room, these hundred and twenty people, when they left out, they went back to their own nationality and shared what had happened. So they were they what you, what we would call evangelism. That they that was what they did when they left. And went back to their home. They got filled with the Holy Ghost. They got filled with the evidence of speaking in tongues. They knew who Jesus was. And you say, well, a lot of them didn't even know Jesus was dead. But I tell you what, when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, I tell you, Peter... The one who denied him three times, told him this, said, I would never curse you. I'd never do all these things. He denied him. And we know that the crow cried three uh, cried three times. And on the third time, Jesus looked at him and he felt so sorry, but he repented. He got himself together. But when the Holy Ghost came, all that stuff that used to be part of Peter's life all of a sudden disappeared. All of a sudden, he was no not, not somebody, but he was empowered by the Holy Ghost. And he shared with those 120, 119 other people people that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is real. This The person that they crucified is the true living God. He went and he explained to them that the person that we represent now is alive. We saw him. We touched him. We felt him. Not only did we see him, but over 500 more people saw him, and, and, and he is real, amen, and we worked with him for, for three years, and he's taught us. He was our teacher. He was our guide. And he let them know that the the Peter you look at now is not the Peter of old. Because the Holy Ghost had got a hold of him and his life was never the same. Who else did the Holy Ghost get a hold of? We we want to talk about Paul who wrote most of the New Testament. He was on a trip, wouldn't he? He was out killing people. He was out hunting people, hunting Christians down to kill them. But all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit knocked him off a horse and told him, look, look, you're no longer going to chase. No longer are you going to to, to persecute me. Now you're going to be somebody that's going to go out and win souls for me. Amen. You're no longer going to be the same, but I'm going to wash you up. I'm going to clean you up, and I'm going to make you the new person that I want you to be, the person that you were already called to be. You just didn't know. Sometimes we walk in error. Amen. We don't know. We just walk in. We doing craziness. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit gets a hold of us, and it puts us on the right track. And then all of a sudden, you realize, like, man, I was living stupid, but now I'm living good. I'm living a good life for God now. Amen. Because you remember those days. You remember those alcoholic days. You remember those drug days. You remember those abusive days. You remember those stupid days. But when the Holy Spirit has come in and rested and ruled in your life. All of a sudden, you are a new creature. All of a sudden, you don't talk the same. You don't look the same. You don't act the same. You don't go to the same places. All of a sudden, because the Holy Spirit that, that, that Jesus told them to wait upon has is, is now rested on them. Not only rested on Him, but it's resting on us. Amen. Amen. Woo. Ah, wow. Man, I just not get you God's plan. We know that it was God's plan to all the nations for the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> now, we need the power. Amen. We can't do nothing without the power. Amen. We can try to raise the dead in your own self if you want to. Amen. I guarantee you, they ain't getting up. But if you raise them in the name of the Jesus, they'll be able to get up because there's power in that name. Amen. It's, it's, it's un controllable power that is in that name. That's why some of us we when the Holy Spirit begins to move, all of a sudden we we you get a little fidgety. Hey, Amen. You get a little you just can't help yourself. You start moving your hands, you start moving around. And I'm un, I'm uncoordinated. I'm just gonna be honest. So I, I I just don't even try to clap because I clap off beat all this stuff. But I tell you what, on yesterday when I was cleaning this church, amen, I was in here vacuuming. I was just making melody under God. I was like, Lord, you so awesome. I'm vacuuming the music playing. I had it blasting. Hopefully I won't get in trouble. But it was up and I was jamming as I was cleaning the church. But I was praising God. And that's what he wants us to do. Because you can't, you, you see, if we're not connected to the, to, to the source, you know, we don't have no power. See, see, we got to be connected to the source. And the only way you can get connected to that source is first giving your life over to Jesus. That's the first step. But then also you just got to let the Holy Spirit have his way in your life and let him clean you up. Let him do what he wants to do with you. Because when, once you start doing that, you all of a sudden it's, it's like a current that's flowing. And it, 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 I, don't, I can't explain it, but it's, it's a current that I love. Amen. And if I don't feel that current, that power, I think something is wrong. And I immediately try to get it fixed because I like that, that, that current that's flowing from God. Amen. It's not negative. It's positive. Amen. It's encourages. Amen. It gives you peace. It gives you strength. It gives you encouragement. It does all the things that it was designed to do. Amen. So that's the power of God. Amen? Amen. So before the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit regenerated men and empowered them for serving God. But he did not permanently indwell them as believers. Psalms 51 and 11. Cast me not away from Thy presence and take not Thy Holy Spirit from me. Luke 11 and 13, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? In the upper room, Jesus had told the disciples that he would send the Holy Spirit with them forever. Amen. You know him because he abides in you. And he will be in you John 14, 16, and 17. Thus, on the day of Pentecost, the disciples were baptized with the Holy Spirit, Acts 1 and 5, in fulfillment of Jesus' promise. In Acts 8, the Spirit was poured out on the Samaritans through the apostles so that both they and the apostles would realize that they were now members of the same body of Christ. The same thing happened with the Gentiles in Acts 10 and with the followers of John's baptism and. Ephesians, of Ephes- I'm sorry, in Ephesus, these uh, transitional outpourings of the Holy Spirit follow the pattern of Acts chapter 1 and 8. Amen? All right. Now, we need to be careful to distinguish several terms often confused. Jesus said that the apostles would be baptized by the Holy Spirit, which occurred on the day of Pentecost. Baptism refers to being totally identified with the Spirit in in the initial. Re- I'm sorry. In the I'm sorry. Baptism refers to being totally identified with the Spirit into initial reception of the Spirit. Paul tells the Corinthians, "For the, by one Spirit were you all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free. We are all made to drink of one Spirit." If the baptism of the spirit was a special experience for the spiritually elite, Paul would not have said such a thing to the Corinthians who were not noted for their spiritual maturity. The Holy Spirit is God's action Given to the believer at the moment of salvation. Amen. Amen. So when you get saved and you ask Jesus and you acknowledge him, he comes into your heart. The Holy Spirit is now given to you a measure, what is called a measure of faith. Amen. And that measure of faith is the Holy Spirit residing within you. That's all given when you say, Lord, I'm giving myself over to you. Amen? Amen. Now we are commanded to be filled with the spirit, which means to be controlled by the spirit. Ephesians. Now you gotta catch that. We gotta be controlled by the Spirit. Now I don't know about you, but sometimes I hear the Spirit say, "You don't want to do that." You know, leave that alone. <laughs> in the beginning, you're like, "Nah, that ain't, that ain't God." You know, God, You know, you're like, "Nah, that ain't God." And then you get in trouble. Then you're like, "Oh, yeah, man, that, I gotta remember that sound right there, because that was God. <laughs> I missed it. I'm sorry." Because I was not being controlled by the Spirit. Ephesians 5 18 says, And be not drunk with wine, wherein in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. The disciples on the day of Pentecost were not only baptized with the Spirit, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 2 and 4 says, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen. Baptism of the Spirit is, it is a one-time event. Being filled with the Spirit happens repeatedly. Yes. Amen? Yes. Got, you read that? Yes. Acts 4.31 says, And when they prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. Acts 4.31. To be filled with the Spirit means we must empty ourselves confessing all known sin and dying to self. We must yield ourselves totally to the Lord and depend on him step by step. Amen. That's what walking in the spirit means. Amen. That we're going to depend on you God every every step we take, we dependent on you. Every every place and every idea you give us, we depend on you. It's not no longer I who live, but it's God that, in, that, that is living within us. Amen. Okay. So we also need the spirit to, 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 to uh, richly dwell in us. Amen. According to Colossians 3.16. Thus the filling of the spirit cannot be divorced from God's word being at home in your heart. The result of a consistent daily walk in the spirit will be the fruit of the spirit. Which is found in Galatians 5.22-23. And it reads this. Now, this is when, when you're filled with the Spirit, you, 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 the Holy Ghost is residing within you. You happy-go-lucky, as they say. Even when you get knocked down, you get back up. But these fruits will remain no matter what's going on in your life, whether you're up or you're down. These things should always be there because the Holy Spirit yes. resides within you. It says in Galatians 5, 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is this, Love. Joy, peace, long-suffering. How many of us know we need some long-suffering? Amen. Gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. This is what we need manifested in our lives. And that's how you know that uh, a person is controlled by the spirit because those things that rub them the wrong way, when, 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 when you think about it, long-suffering kicks in. Then if something don't go right or this or that, love kicks in. Then meekness kicks in. Then temperance kicks in. Then patience. All these things kick in or kick in because they reside within you because the Holy Spirit is there. Amen. So when the Holy Spirit is working and ruling your life, all of a sudden love is more love. All of a sudden it's more more joy, more peace, more long-suffering, more gentleness, more goodness, more faith, more meekness, temperance against there is such no law. Now, being filled with the spirit is also called letting the word of Christ richly dwell in your heart. Now, the initial outpouring of the spirit at Pentecost was marked by three symbolic events. The first event was this. The sound of a violent rushing wind that filled the house. Then there was the visible sign of tongues of fire resting on each person. Finally, there was the miraculous speaking in foreign languages which none had previously learned. Now, let's start with the violent rushing wind. And when I was reading this and studying this, my thought went back to all the hurricanes that are happening right now, um, all the the different fires. Like in California, if the wind is blowing a certain way, uh, a little match can start a whole fire that's burned acres of land. But that's how God's power, the the, the invisible power of the wind is. we, we, We... we we don't see it but it's powerful. Amen? Yes. We know that if you have a sailboat, if you hit the right wind stream, that sailboat will all of a sudden uh, pick up speed and travel yeah. distances. Amen? Because of the wind carries it. Also, I love when, when you're on an airplane and the pilot gets on a plane, because I really don't like planes, and he gets on a plane and says, we caught a good wind drift, and we're going to arrive 30 minutes earlier because uh, uh, we caught a good, uh, it's called a stream of air, a pocket of air is called. And that pocket of air just It just makes for smooth selling, Amen. So that's what wind is like. Amen. You you, you can't see it. You can't touch it. You can't uh, grab it. But it's powerful. Amen. And most people that go through hurricanes and tornadoes and all different things, the first thing they say is that I heard something sound like a locomotive. Something that sounded like it was like something was coming, but that was the wind. That was the that was the the power of that wind moving and was on its way to to cause destruction in that particular case, but that's how it, it sounds and that's how it is. Both the Hebrew and Greek words for wind and spirit are the same. In Ezekiel 37, God commanded the prophet to prophesy to the winds to breathe on a valley of dry bones. When he did so, the breath of life came into them. God explains that he will put his spirit within his people and say that they would come to life. Amen. Now, how many know that you was dead before? That's That's why he told Nicodemus, Jesus told Nicodemus, that you had to be born again. Amen. Because as I was studying yesterday, the thought came to me. And, and, and computer business, when you reboot a computer, when that means when you turn it off, that means it's recycling some stuff. That means some errors that were there previously. Uh, when you reboot it it, it, it changes all that and it fixes things when it comes back to life. How many know that we've been rebooted? in the spirit realm for God's glory. Amen. Those things that were part of the problems that we had no longer exist when we come back to life. Amen. And that's what Jesus said. When the spirit comes on you, it's going to bring you back to life. He told Ezekiel to prophesy to dry, dead bones. We're talking about bones that had no skin, no flesh, had nothing. They was just dry. They were done. No sinew, nothing. But when when Ezekiel prophesied and he called the wind to come, and that was the breath of God. Do you remember when man didn't Come to life until what? When when God in, the, in Genesis until God breathed in them. Once He breathed on them, He came to life and He became a living soul. So that's what is happening right here in the book of Acts. That 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 they were dead until they got a hold of that Holy Spirit. When they got a hold got a hold of that Holy Spirit, they came to life. All of a sudden, like I said, they've been rebooted from the nonsense and rebooted to Christ's purpose. Amen. And that's what has happened with us. When we accept Jesus, we have been exchanged. Our Filthiness for his righteousness, his presence for our goofiness, all that stuff. It has been exchanged and we are new people and God has breathed on us as they did in Ezekiel when he told them to prophesy to the dry bones. Now, the second event was speaking of tongues uh, as fire resting on each person throughout the Bible. Fire symbolizes God's holy presence. Moses in the wilderness saw the bush that was burning and yet not consumed. God himself was in the bush. Later, Israel in the wilderness was guided and protected by the pillar of fire. John the Baptist predicted that Jesus would baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Jesus said that he had come to cause, I mean to cast fire upon the earth. Luke 12 49. The final place of judgment is the lake that burns with fire forever and ever. Hebrews 12 and 29 says that our God is a consuming fire. Now, fire brings both heat and light. The heat of fire consumes the mess that is in our lives, purifying those who come in contact with it or destroying those who have not do not have gold residing within them. The heat of fire also pictures the zeal that should mark believers who are to be hot and not lukewarm. Revelation 3.15 tells us that, uh, pictures that for us, that we should not be lukewarm, we shouldn't be warm, we shouldn't be part of the way there, but we should be on fire for the Lord. Amen? He says that if you're not hot, then I'm going to spew you from my mouth. So what that means, that you need to, we all need to be in his presence, letting the Holy Spirit reside within us, being hot for God. Amen? And that, Like I said, when you get hot, the stuff in our lives is all of a sudden burned out because the Holy Ghost fire now resides within us, so the mess can't reside where the Holy Spirit is. So what happens is the mess is burned up, and now you become this new person person amen because of the fire now the fire on the day of pentecost appeared in the form of a tongue to symbolize god's holy power through the proclamation of his word burning into the people in a way that purifies them as paul later stated in the gospel it is the power of god for salvation to everyone who believes romans one sixteen also states that the gospel must verbally be proclaimed throughout the nations amen oh i'm in good shape i'm done oh man god is good man god is good because i said a lot of stuff that was part of the notes but i already said it oh man so so we're gonna let the holy spirit burning our hearts amen, amen. and we're going to let the holy spirit rest rule and abide amen. in our hearts amen. amen now i i gotta close with this i got I came across this sermon illustration and it's by a minister named john piper he says um he gave a message to over fifty thousand college students he began by telling of two elderly women who given their retirement years to go to cameroon for the sake of the gospel They had been killed when their brakes gave out and their car plunged off a cliff. He asks, was that a tragedy? That was his question to the audience. Was that a tragedy that these two women took their retirement years, their retirement money, and went to Cameroon on a gospel mission and they ended up getting killed on that mission? He answered, no, that wasn't a tragedy. Let me tell you about a tragedy. He cited a Reader's Digest article about how many Americans are taking early retirement so that they can pursue their own pleasure. One couple had bought a yacht and spent their time selling off the coast of Florida, collecting seashells. Piper said that that's the tragedy. Can you imagine this? A couple standing before God at the judgment and saying, here's our seashell collection, Lord catch that standing before god here's my seashell collection this is what we did in retirement but those two women when they stand before god and god recognizes that these two women put aside their worldly pleasure for the purpose of god he's going to recognize that more than us selling around the world amen so in conclusion the holy spirit is that gives us the unction to witness it gives us the unction to win souls it gives us the unction to want people healed want people delivered want people set free amen that's what that holy spirit is there for when you really study it out it, it the holy spirit birthed the church amen when I, I mean it birthed it pushed it into the direction that it needed to go and out of that 120 the word has spread it all has spread all around the world because they got filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen. Could you stand to your feet? Amen. And I knew something was wrong when I saw Kalia come back in, and <laughs> I thought she'd usually go to work, and she came back in. I was like, oh, man, God, you, 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 you're awesome. Because you don't understand. To stand in front of God's people and uh, proclaim his word, you just want to make sure that you had the right pipeline to hear from God and because you know we can get up and talk a lot of stuff but you want to make sure that it is from God and it's going to bless the people of God amen amen Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you once again thanking you for this awesome day that you have created for us. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that resides within our lives. We thank you, oh God, for this power that, that we can't even control that's in us right now, oh God. It, it causes us to do things we don't understand. But, God, we know that we're doing it because we love you, God, and that, that it's, it's uncontrollable power. It causes us to speak in that unknown tongue. It causes us to, uh, uh, to love the unlovables. It causes us to do things that, that we just don't understand, but it's the power. Power of the Holy Ghost. So God, we thank you for this Pentecost Sunday. Oh God, the first fruits of the week. Oh God, we thank you for this Sunday. Oh God. Oh God, I've been hearing many stuff, uh, things said on TV, but to read and to study what was birthed, the Pentecostal uh, uh, movement was birthed out of oh, out of um, out of uh, the Upper Room. Like you have Azusa Street, then you have the Wall Street revivals. You have all these different things where when the Holy Spirit came in, it wrecked communities. It wrecked nations. It turned cities upside down because of the Holy Spirit that resided within them. So God, we pray that your Holy Spirit will fall on this nation. Your Holy Spirit, oh God, will fall on everyone, oh God. Your Holy Spirit will bring revival to the land, oh God. We pray that your Holy Spirit, oh God, will bring healing to this land, oh God. Will bring deliverance to this land, oh God. Touch your men and women of God. It's not just up to the pastors and the the ministers and the bishops to, to share your word, but it's up to each of us to share your word, God. So help us, oh God, to, to preach and teach and to witness with that Holy Ghost boldness that you gave them in the book of Acts. We thank you, oh God, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 Before we close, is there anyone in the house? that do not know Jesus as their personal Savior and would like to to renew, even if you're in a backslidden state and you just want to get back in the right uh, situation with God, the floor is open to you. We know that Jesus is an awesome God, and he's a loving God, and he will love you back to himself. Amen.